Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas. Ah, another year, another year in the bag, just wiping down and shutting down. I, uh, no hugging, no learning world headquarters for, uh, for another year in the books, uh, just closing it down, wiping down the counters and, and all of the, uh, recording equipment. Got to make sure that a knock at the door. Who's out at this time of year? Let me open it up here. Ted! Tim Murphy? Oh my god! Oh my. How's it been? Well, I invited you to clean. You must have forgotten to be here because I'm pretty much almost all done, but I'm just cleaning up the studios before we close them down for the year. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't see how I'm expected to help clean down your studios. I mean, we're all we're all in our own studios currently. That's true. That's true. Uh, fair point. Well, come on and get on out of the cold for crying out loud. Beautiful. How okay. Amazing. Well, I, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll come in. It is. It's, it's kind of chilly out here. I, I will, I will admit I, I forgot to wear a coat. Um, yeah. so, so how, how have you been? Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Have some gum. You know, I think it should just be a couple guys. Uh, this is what the holidays is all about. Chewing some gum. And, uh, I've, I've been well. <laughs> You know, we we normally review something for for Christmas. Do, do you wanna do you wanna maybe like talk about something for old times' sake? Yeah, we probably should do. I mean, we hadn't discussed doing a Christmas special, but uh, you know, this would be the first year we don't do it, so that'd be a real shame. Yeah, I, I would hate to hate to leave people without something Seinfeld related for Christmas. You know? Yeah, but 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 I mean, what are we gonna do? I mean, we um we don't have anything here and. Uh... I, it would take a it would take a Christmas miracle for crying out loud. Another knock at a different sounding door. All right, I'll go open up the, this door. Oh, that door is really creaky. I meant to clean that. I just I just missed it. I meant to really. Uh, but but look who it is. Oh my God! It it's the down voter. It's 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 Aaron. Hey guys. I was gonna say my son Declan, but you're right. I, I was yeah. It's the down vote. <laughs> Hey, Dad. Hey, Ted. Hey. Uh, so I've actually been living inside um, Tim's house since the last Christmas special. And, Why do you think uh, we moved? Wait, okay. We moved. Yeah. Been, yeah. <laughs> Did you move with him? Uh, wait a minute. Let me check on the family that's here right now. Okay, this is not Tim's house. Oh, thank I was ready to start the special, but I think I might need to get uh, to to a safe place before we get started. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so uh i do have a movie um yeah i was just gonna pitch it to you guys because i know that you know i've been listening on twitter i hear you guys you know <laughs> somebody's got to manage your social media so i hear what the people want and you know we did a couple of movies that that ted and i enjoyed uh we really love jingle all the way but maybe not a, a, a christmas staple so we're finally gonna give the people what they want i have a christmas flick here with a very prominent Seinfeld actress that that appears in the film. Uh, Tim, I think this is a great idea. I, I mean, there's a beloved Christmas movie that everyone has seen that's got one of the biggest names attached to Seinfeld in the movie. Are, are you thinking about uh, a member of the Bennis family? I definitely am. Are, are we right, Aaron? Yeah, uh, it's definitely a member of the Bennis family. You know, I don't want to tip my hat <laughs> too much. Uh, but let's just say that this is like a film that's on TV 
all the time, you know, around the holidays. So rest assured, if you haven't seen the film, I mean, you've definitely seen bits and pieces. You know the you know the bits. You know. Um, I so do you? Who who wants to? Let's do. We want to reveal. Let's all I say think, it I at the real. same time. I, yeah, I think we should all say it on three with our with right. our respective delays. <laughs> okay. No, there's no way this will go. One, two, two, three. Christmas, Christmas vacation. vacation. A Christmas story two. What? Did Wait, you what say? the fuck? Uh. Wait, what was the thing you guys? Did you said? say a Christmas said, story too? We said a Christmas vacation starring Julia Louis Dreyfus, who plays Elaine Bennis. Aaron, did you read the email? Uh, well, okay. Wi-Fi in this house is not so good, um, and I've had to try a lot of different passwords to get connected to it. Listen, I my living space is restrained here. I only own three Blu-rays. And one of them is one that you gifted to me, Ted. It is A Christmas Story 2, starring, yes, uh, Stacey Travis, who plays Elaine's cousin, Holly, in The Wink. We all know this. Oh, Oh my God. This is... I gave this to you as a joke. Yeah, okay. You know what? And I didn't get to watch it until just now. But (laughs) it is not as bad as you think. Honestly, it is is not... You guys, I I think that we thought that it was going to be, like, really bad... And it is only somewhat bad. And, you know, I just think that maybe the people have heard, you know, what can we add to? I haven't even heard of this movie that you're talking about. What is this? Christmas, va- a Christmas, uh, Chevy Chase. what is Christmas it? vacation with Julia Driswall as the neighbor. Not ringing any bells. Ugh. Um, Look, it's it. I it is strange because I'm looking at Wikipedia right now, and and Randy Quaid is my hero, uh, and so I I would think that I had maybe seen this film once or twice, but I got to be honest, I haven't. Well, Tim, have you ever seen a Christmas story too? No, of course not. I love a Christmas story, but I I, I don't even know if this movie was even on my radar. Well. I mean, I, I hate to say this. I, I think we're going to have to stop the podcast and we're just going to have to go watch this. Yeah, I, I guess so. It, it's, it'll be easier for us to watch this than have Aaron watch Christmas Vacation at this point. Yeah, because I'm going to have to wait until everybody's asleep and then I'm going to have to go down to the TV <laughs> and, and I'm going to have to try to keep the volume down and it's going to be a whole thing. Hey, I'll tell you what, this is famous last words. I know that you guys are, are giving me a merciful, you know, you're giving me a, a, a an hour and 40 minutes of your time to view one of my favorite an films. An hour and one of the 40 only minutes? Hey guys, it's going to be okay, I promise. My famous last words, you are not going to be sorry. So we're back. It's been an hour and 42 minutes. Uh, we all just watched A Christmas Story 2. Yes, Ugh. the... The sequel to one of the most beloved Christmas movies. Again, not the movie we intended to be talking about, but yeah. it's um, it's the movie that we mercifully reviewed by orders of the downvoter. <laughs> I don't want to risk any downvotes. This is the downvoter. <laughs> yeah, I control your. I don't forget that I control your Reddit. <laughs> Guys, I also feel like we should mention, um, I don't want to get too into it, but uh, so there is a sequel to The Christmas Story that is not this movie. That is um, a summer uh, summer story. My, my summer story. Oh, I'm checking right now. It's my summer, my story summer story is yeah. the actual sequel to this film. And then, and then there's this one that if you watch the trailer, <laughs> and I want everyone who hasn't seen the film to 
pause the podcast and go watch the trailer right now. It says multiple times in the trailer, a brand new sequel to the Christmas classic, like several times. Like it really has to convince the audience that it is somehow. They really hit you over the head with it. Yeah, really, like, it's billed truly. as an official sequel, like by through all channels. It's like this is the official sequel, not the one that was directed by the same guy as the first movie, and not the one that was directed by the guy from the first movie, and based on the writings of the guy who wrote the first movie. No, this is the official sequel, not written by anyone or directed by anyone who had anything to do with that first movie. <laughs> yeah, that is, and you're right. That's the word they use. I think over and over they say the official <laughs> sequel. <laughs> like somebody's gonna jump out of their oh. seat and be like, "Oh my god." <laughs> just wait until you guys get to the uh the description which i'll read here in a in a couple of minutes uh but uh, okay so um I, I guess i should go through my my entire spiel right uh a christmas story 2 uh original release date october 30th straight to DVD. 2012 um hey wait a minute straight, straight to dvd Ted. absolutely didn't the first one come out in 1983 did it <laughs> It did. Do you think that people were so? I guess there just must have been people just clamoring. For <laughs> I'm I'm sure the demand was uh, was yeah. feverish. Uh, okay, so I know we don't typically say when uh, episodes of Seinfeld are next on cable, but uh, this was too good to pass up. This was a, a nugget of information I need to mention. Um, the next time that this movie plays on TV is December 26th at 6 p.m. on IFC. This movie is so bad. They waited <laughs> until after Christmas to show it. But it is Christmas come down. It is an in, it must be an independent film if it's on IFC. <laughs> that's the, that's the best we can say about it. Well, a Christmas story 2 was actually added to the, you know, AMC's block, like I think of Freeform's 25 Days of Christmas. Their block is called Best Christmas Ever, and a Christmas story 2 was added to that block in 2019. So, when I was watching it through my cable on demand service, like it was it was on AM it was AMC, all AMC commercials and stuff. So, it might be on somewhere on AMC. Check your local listings. Or maybe it is on it, AMC Plus. Uh, it is not. I, I downloaded a trial for AMC Plus. There's nothing on AMC Plus. Unless... You guys should just cop the Blu-ray. Uh, un- unless this uh, this episode gets sponsored by AMC Plus, in which case, uh, we yes, love we AMC Plus. We love them for Plus. not having this movie. Just put in code NOHUGGING, you get a free yes, six-year trial. It is, uh, it, it is definitely worth it. Pay- the downvoter loves <laughs> AMC Plus. Goddammit. Um, okay, uh, if you are looking at the description of this movie, uh, this is the one I pulled from Prime, um, but there, there's multiple different descriptions, but I, I thought this one was really good. The original 100% All-American <laughs> Christmas. All-American Christmas continues five years later with Ralphie, Randy, Mom, and the old man. Now, Ralphie has his eyes fixed on a car, but trouble is sure to follow. <laughs> now, if I'm not mistaken, my summer yeah, story is I also mean... based on Ralphie's quest to get a car. I, I could be wrong about that because I've never seen that. I'm looking at the My Summer Story Wikipedia page now, and it was actually <laughs> released in theaters as It Runs in the Family, which I would have no <laughs> idea 
that this movie was even tangentially connected to a Christmas story. If I went to theaters and saw a movie called it runs in the family that was released 11 years later. <laughs> oh my God. When was it set? Was uh, it set like the summer after the Christmas when it, a Christmas story takes place? I think he's because that's what I always place in the summer of 41 summer after of, 41. The events of a Christmas story, which took place in December, 1940. Oh, wow. Okay, so it's literally the following summer. I thought, is it not about a car? Fascinating. I mean, we're talking about a movie that we're not going to talk about, but for some reason I always thought it was a car. Uh, let's see, Ralphie's plot. says, Ralphie's plot for most of the film is to find a top oh. tough enough, a top tough enough to knock that of a bullies out. What is, is this written in old English? No, what no, it's like, think of marbles, but like tops, you know, I think they like spun Oh, tops a top, and, like yeah, a toy. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, Tim, I wasn't born in the 1920s. <laughs> well, I just clicked on the blue link, and I was like, what do they mean? I was like, are they are they using, like, homosexual parlance and, like, as opposed to a bottom? Right, <laughs> that's what I was wondering. Like, Ralphie, Ralphie's in search of a top was tough enough top. to knock out all of his bullets, which sounds like a better movie. Yeah, it does. Quite frankly. So d- does this confirm that Ralphie is a bottom? I think it does, Tim. <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't need to. Now, I know there's there's a lot of discrepancy in a Christmas story fandom about whether Ralphie is a top or a bottom. Yeah. But I think that we just settled it. I've read all Ralphie's the Ralphie's got big bottom fiction. energy. I, I think- I've read both, sla- both, both slash fictions, <laughs> and I agree with the, the bottom uh, designation. Uh, so um, let me see. I, I found out stuff about this movie, too. I, I had no idea how much media about the parkers there actually was there's a christmas story then there's my summer story there's also a television movie called ollie hop noodles haven of bliss about them going to like on vacation to a lake house or something yeah and that that was actually written by gene shepherd i think and and um you and it also there's a plot about ralphie and his friends getting jobs and then getting fired that they sort of re um used in this movie so that's just kind of again tangentially related to the writings of Gene Shepard, but and and he does uh, get a story. About I'm sorry, Tim. Yeah. Wait a minute. I, I thought that I thought that this was a hundred percent original. <laughs> I mean, if you mean that it, that's <laughs> what I was promised in the plot synopsis. <laughs> oh yeah, the one hundred the original Christmas. Yeah, um, I, I think. I mean, if you mean that they completely ignored everything that Gene Shepard wrote besides the last name of the family and and all their first names, then yeah, I think it's completely original. <laughs> I mean, hey, to be fair, the synopsis doesn't say 100% original. It says the original, comma, 100%, comma, all American Christmas continues. Wait, so 100% is independent of both being original and all American. It's just whatever it is, is just 100%. It's uh, bizarre. Yes. I got to agree. It was was 100. It it was, uh, you know, it was keeping it 100 through the whole movie. 100% 100% frozen turd. Oh boy. Um. So should we yeah, just get yeah. into I mean, it? I don't think we're going to do a yeah. normal oh, well. recap. Like we we don't normally do a, a recap, but just I was just kind of like jotting stuff down as we went through. So well, there, there's there's one thing right off the top that I wanted to point out. Um, it started off with very familiar music. Uh, in one of the title cards that I thought was Warner Brothers. And I'm like, okay, there's no way this is a Warner Brothers movie, right? The title card opens up and it says Warner <laughs> Premiere. What the fuck is if Warner I was guess Premiere? Warner Premiere is the direct video label of Warner Home Video, itself a subsidiary of Warner Brothers. That's what I was guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Wikipedia. Uh, okay, okay. I 
I didn't make that connection. I thought it was just like someone trying to sound like Warner Brothers. You guys might be happy to know that Warner Premiere, the direct-to-video uh, division of Warner Brothers, has put out such gems as the Dukes of Hazard, the beginning. Um, it smarts Bruce and Lloyd out of control. And Ace Ventura Jr., oh, pet detective. No. <laughs> so, wow. Good track record. I mean, the first thing I noticed right Those off the bat... Those are the other Blu-rays I own, actually, coincidentally <laughs> enough. The first thing I noticed right off the bat is how everything is like Kirkland brand. Everything is like just slightly off, like so so close to A Christmas Story, and yet like store brand, like Sam's Choice. Like, first of all, the, the intro music, like the original movie used mm-hmm. this like beautiful score, and this sounds like, you know, someone took one of the keyboards from the Mannheim Steamroller guys and pushed Demo on it it's like it's like the kirkland brand manhattan steamroller <laughs> intro um while we're while we're kind of like just saying <laughs> what is awful about like the beginning of the movie i want to point out one thing that is actually not bad they got a narrator that sounds very close to the original but again it's it's store brand gene shepherd so gene shepherd narrated the original and this guy's doing like a the worst impression. gene shepherd impression i think I was like, there I was. Yep. It's like Adam yep. West, like fucking Gene Shepard. That's he's what it is. Like, he's like, uh, I don't want to be blue. He is like, he is like finishing in his pants. Yes, wait, yes. you, you, you said you don't want to be blue immediately after Tim says it sounds like Adam West fucking oh, Gene Shepard. I, I, didn't, I didn't hear that. So yeah, it does sound like, it does sound like a man jizzing in his pants with every single thing he says. It is like, it is like a Shatner impression turned up to 100. Yeah, Shatner, Adam West. He's like, the old man's furnace. The old man knew that the furnace was going to blow again. <laughs> and something else was about uh. to blow, too. <laughs> so that is, oh, man. that's the screenwriter, uh, Nate Mal- Malden. Nate Malden wrote this movie, and it's not directly based on any of Gene Shepard's writings, but he wrote this. And he also narrates the movie in place of the late Gene Shepard. Uh, among other things, Nate Malden wrote on Night Court, which is getting a reboot. That's why I mentioned it. Um, and he wrote The Preacher's Wife, Dr. Doolittle with Eddie Murphy, The In-Laws remake from 03 with Albert Brooks and uh, Michael Douglas. And he wrote Open Season with, um, who's that, Ashton Kutcher and Martin Lawrence, maybe? The uh, the deer and the bear so. story. Yeah. Ashton Kutcher is definitely in that movie. Yeah, yeah. So that's who that's who that I is. I think it is. I think you are correct. And why he chose to do that, the narration like that, I, I guess it's to sound as much like Gene Shepard as possible. But yeah, it's awful. He was probably really glad when Gene Shepard passed because he was like, that's one less person that's going to say no to my hunk of shit. You're not going to remake my movie, not while I'm alive. Well, that's... <laughs> And then he pulled out a revolver. That's why I brought this, Gene. Oh, no. Put that down. <laughs> oh, my God. This movie, so for for as nice as, honestly, the, the, the nicest thing I can say about this movie is that the set pieces aren't terrible. Um, but I do feel as though I could recognize that this immediately felt like it had the budget of like a PBS tv special <laughs> or something i feel like, like it, it didn't feel very did they this is not the same house this can't be the same house no 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 that's what i thought and the the, the house is still standing 
in Cleveland. You can go see it anytime you want. It's mm-hmm. decorated like the original movie. Why they didn't film this there, I have no idea. <laughs> well, it's haunted by Gene Shepard's ghost, for one. <laughs> Uh, I I just thought of this. You know what this movie felt like? Uh, about a year ago, Grace and I, as part of our honeymoon, we did the Warner Brothers studio tour out in Burbank because we were out in L.A. And we're on the tram ride and we're in the props department and we're just walking through. And the tour guide like turns to the right and he says, and if you look here, this is the original leg lamp from A Christmas Story. Pause. The musical on NBC. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this does this does feel like that. I really i I don't want to jump ahead. We need to we need to keep going, but I really want to get to this leg lamp reveal because I was confused at the end of the. Okay, film. so so that's at the end of the movie. So we got to fill in some details first. <laughs> yeah, there's um, there's a lot to go. Uh, do we? I, I think we should just skip to uh, Ralphie and his friends. Uh, Flick and Schwartz are back. Uh, they're talking about a Rita Hayworth movie where she got 30% naked. Um, she took off her glove. She took off her her, her necklace, necklace, I think. I don't know. What what what, what was nudity That's in 1930 sweet, sweet or 1945, um, I guess. I did. Uh, so can I can I just rewind super quick to a note I had before this happens? Yeah. Uh, so the dad, I thought this was this was funny, not. Uh, necessarily in an on-purpose way, which is bizarre. <laughs> so I know the movie's like PG, and so obviously there's not going to be a ton of language in the film. Um, but they, he talks about how his dad is like going off about this furnace, and his dad says like "son of a bitch," and then he's he's swear words quickly turn to him saying words like "huzzah" <laughs> and like like like. Things that no grown man would ever say. And I, my dad grew up also coming up with creative swear words, but this was like far from it. Okay, I, I'm glad you brought this up now because uh, this will keep me from bringing it up later. But later on in the movie, uh, pretty much the, the whole way through the movie, every time we hear the dad, quote unquote, swear, he's mumbling. It's something under his breath. You can't really understand it. But at one point, he is like almost facing the camera, looking down the stairs, yelling at the furnace. And he says... He, he calls it a friggin' frecker. <laughs> I'm like, you, you didn't even try with that one. <laughs> this feels like it wasn't written into the script. It feels like it feels like uh, they just told the actor to <laughs> say whatever came to mind in the moment. We can't gloss over the fact that the, the actor we're talking about is Daniel Stern, who gets a before title <laughs> credit in the opening credits. It's like, you know, it, it says Daniel Stern and then it says a Christmas story, too. Like he's the yeah, star. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern is like the big pole in this movie. Yeah, he plays the old man. Wow, Daniel Stern of City Slickers Two. <laughs> yes, that Daniel Stern, the legend of Curly's Gold. Yeah, and a Daniel Stern looks nothing like the original actor from. You know, at least they tried. No. They tried to like nail it with Ralphie. Like, could you imagine if they got? Daniel Stern to play Ralphie, for instance. And everyone was just like, okay, like that. He doesn't look like the old man. Like, get somebody who looks like the old man. You know? <laughs> but I guess if you if yeah. you have Daniel Stern, you're going to use him. You know, if you have even the option, you're like, well, we're going to we're going to use him. So we can't gloss over that fact. I like so we were t- we were talking about the bullies uh, or not the bullies, the uh, his friends, rather. Um, and I like that. I think this is this happens right around the same time. There's a moment where Ralphie has a fantasy 
about uh, rescuing his love interest who has zero character development in this movie, which is also very, <laughs> the ending of this movie is like surreal, uh-huh. like David Lynch directed. It. <laughs> um, but there, he has this fantasy of like rescuing her uh, from, from uh, presumably Nazis, like during world war two. Mm-hmm. And he shoots, he does the classic war move, the soldier move of, uh, when confronted by a soldier shooting the ceiling fan above him and uh, crushing him instead of shooting him with his gun. Yeah, classic. Um, which I thought was good. I want to say, this is the only time that the love interest, her name is Drusilla Gutrad, by the way. What a name. Uh, Drusilla. Um, wow. I really thought I misheard that. I was Gutrad. like, oh, I was like, oh, they're saying Priscilla. They're saying Priscilla, but it no. just sounds like Drusilla. Yeah, and then I looked it up no. and I was like, it's D-R-U-Cilla. <laughs> Yeah, Drusilla Gutrad. This is the only time, other than the end of the movie, where she talks. And for some reason, they decided to have her have a German accent because of the Nazi metaphor, right? But then why did Ralphie not have a German accent? Because he's an American soldier. Did she have a German accent in the in the fantasy? Yes. Because <laughs> he's not a German soldier, he's an that. American thought... soldier. But why is Drusilla German then? I, I don't know. She was, uh, you know, captured by the Nazis in Germany or something like that. <laughs> Why would an American woman be in, be, you know, be captured by the Nazis? Everybody needs a hero, even Eva Braun, okay? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, we, I, I want to point out that uh, Ralphie says that Drusilla would never go for a guy like him. She would only go for the quarterback, Todd Chapin. <laughs> Meanwhile, as he's saying a quarterback and using a football metaphor about something like 60 yards down the field, an entire basketball team walks up wearing <laughs> basketball jerseys. Yeah, it's kind of um, weird. Is, is, so I'm, I'm just looking at my notes and this may be a little discombobulated. This is also close to in the beginning of the film. I think he's thinking about her while he's at band practice. Yes. And getting like very excited. Oh yeah, that's he's right. Like smells very her excited. Hair. He's like shaking. Oh yeah. That's, oh my God. Yeah, you're right. He smells her hair and he's like, he's like slamming his cymbals together and he's like getting all horned <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. He, he definitely comes while playing the cymbals. <laughs> is that what this is about? The, the whole band. <laughs> there is some weird. There is a weird. There's a. There is a weird sexual line at the end of this film. Um, but we'll get there. Okay, I can't. I, I already forgot it. So I can't wait. Um, yeah. What, what, um, I, what I. I mean, this movie starts right away with like the same furnace jokes, the same planting the uh-huh. seeds about what he actually, you know, what he wants. I guess he wants a car. Even before he finds this other car, he's like doing the same thing with the magazine page and putting it into his parents' magazines. It's like, like every, I guess, comedy sequel does, but they don't even put a new twist on it. You know, it's like, oh, here's the thing they no. did in the last one. Like, but it's, you know, it's a different. Just, yeah, like, it's, no, just, it's, no. it's just the, the same thing. Got to disagree there with you, Tim, because this is 100% original. 100% original. Um, hey, no, and... no, it's original, comma, 100%, comma, oh, my bad. American Christmas. <laughs> Crap! I have. I'll be honest. I haven't. I told Tim this before the record. I Christmas Story is a movie that I've seen like once or twice, but it's also a movie that it's like it's on so frequently mm-hmm. that I haven't watched it recently. And like, I feel like every time I catch bits and pieces of it, I know I get the gist of mm-hmm. it. Like, I've seen the, the bits repeated over and over. So I went into this 
not having explicitly watched Christmas Story anytime recently, hmm. anytime in the last like five years. And so none of that part was, I think this movie maybe would have been quite a bit more like offensive to me if I had recently <laughs> watched that and realized yeah, yeah. how much of a ripoff it is. Yeah, I think that's where I landed on it. That's why, because it's such, it's so ingrained in my DNA. The first one is that it, you know, just everything about this was offensive. <laughs> but uh, Ralphie and his dad go to buy a new car, and Ralphie discovers this old Mercury that he wants. I thought it was like kind of busted up and stuff, but then pretty much immediately later, we see the Mercury being displayed like it's beautiful and it's been wiped down and stuff like that. <laughs> and Ralphie gets inside of it. And it's been left in neutral on a ramp, first of all, with the parking brake on. But still, I mean, I don't know anything about the cars of the 1930s, but I mean, that seems like it, it was the the car lot's mistake to do that. But Ralphie gets yes. in and the, and the parking brake disengages. It rolls off the ramp and it, it, luckily it doesn't hit a car or anything like that. It just taps a phone pole. But then that makes a... Uh, a, a Christmas decoration, a reindeer fall through the uh, roof of the convertible car. And we get the exact same bit of Ralphie in slow-mo looking at the reindeer going, oh, fuck. Yep. There's that old joke. Yeah, and, and there's no stakes yep, because nobody, down nobody hears him. He's, he's not going to get in trouble for saying that because the whole point no. of the first one was he said it in front of his dad. And this is yeah. like, yeah, I mean, this is he says that for no I, reason. I think this would have been incredible if they just would have pulled the trigger, done the same joke and just had him say, oh, fuck. Agreed. Yeah. <laughs> I think that this is a movie that is like what would happen if you showed uh, like an if you showed like an eight year old a Christmas story and then you like. <laughs> made them write a script at gunpoint. Yeah. And if you were like, you need to write a full-length feature script that needs to be legible, this is like the kind of movie that they would produce. So basically, Ralphie has to pay $85 for a new top for this convertible by Christmas Eve for some reason. I don't know why that Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Um, Yeah, there's... the, The deadline is bizarre. Yeah. And... That, then, so that's basically the whole crux of Ralphie's plot. This, it's at this point that I wrote down, I hate Flick the least. Out of everybody in this movie, I, I hated the actor that played Flick the least. I, I think he even maybe made me laugh a couple times. Maybe just like chuckle or like expel air no. through my nose like once. Which one was Flick? The one who was, he's the sometimes, one that, sometimes wearing like a pork the pie The one hat that looked like, of. yeah, he, he looked like Dudley from Harry Potter. Okay, gotcha. Lucky Dollar. No, no, that's Schwartz. Uh, Okay, so this oh, is the shit. other guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm mistaken. The skinny guy is Flick, and the the bigger guy is Schwartz. Okay, yeah, um, and I and I hate it. Yeah, that they were both. Movie. It just felt like um, I don't know. The whole thing felt underwritten. They is like every character, like no character. All the characters are underwritten. Like the movie might as well take place at once. There's like zero growth, uh, and these characters are like. <laughs> They might as well be cardboard cutouts. To um, like, yeah, I, I, but but he did his job. The actor did his job well. Like every so often in these bad movies, you'll see somebody who's like taking it seriously, even though they know it's a piece of shit. Like Daniel Stern. <laughs> Daniel yeah. Stern just needed to make a payment on a Mercury of his own, probably or something. You know, like you, he's not <laughs> right. doing any work in this movie. Right. Um, the mom has a weird energy that we'll, we'll probably talk about. But but the, this actor's like, hey, you know what? I'm getting a shot. I'm a young actor. This the, you know this might turn into something. You never know. I'm actually going to do the work. Uh, and, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I feel like he showed up. 
Um, I want to point out, I just looked this up, uh, the value of $85 in 1945 compared to today's buying power. Uh, $85 in 1945 is equal to $1,227 and 12 cents in 2020. Damn. So that's a, that's a significant chunk of change. Yeah. And he made that in like two weeks. <laughs> I guess. That's amazing. Yeah. Make, making more than me. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Maybe I should put on a reindeer costume. And start. Put on a reindeer costume and open an OnlyFans. <laughs> This it's interesting though. Only, uh... Right after I, <laughs> right after I wrote down I hate flick the least. I also wrote down the mom has odd energy. The mom is the actress from Seinfeld that we talked about earlier, Stacy uh, Stacy Travis, and like she's she's also she got direction that nobody else got. Like all right, we're we're gonna talk normal. Except for you, you talk the way that we in 2012 think people <laughs> in the 1940s talked. Like what? Like. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else just do what you're gonna do but i want you to have this different energy like why <laughs> pretend you're in like a dishwasher commercial yeah, the, yeah in like the 1940s the family chemistry is is almost like everyone is in a different <laughs> film yes. or, or tv show or something uh i i will say so the the and the young child uh the his younger brother ralphie um was no, ralphie very is, sassy no, not ralphie um randy 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 thank you, you yeah yeah He's very sassy. Uh, there's one point where after his dad goes ice fishing and doesn't catch anything, he goes, that was a laugh riot, <laughs> uh, which is a very just weird thing for a child to say. It's a very like adult backhanded compliment kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, and so I didn't I didn't love his energy. I didn't hate the lead actor. Uh, I thought that uh, his name is Braden LeMasters. I guess he's in a band. I was looking at his Wikipedia page. He's I, there's not really anything else super notable, but I thought that he was less annoying than probably other people acting as an adult Ralphie would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he had to his. I thought he was okay. His looks are very cartoonish. You know, his his he's really like chewing the scenery the in a lot hair of his is scenes, a lot. and the bleached hair is a is a, is a yeah. yeah a lot to deal with. But but also like he's chewing the scenery, like his facial expressions and stuff are like way over the top he's playing to like the back of the room you know um if you know if, if we were at a broadway play we'd be able to see him like oh look at wow i can see he's like excited right now on his face but like these are close-up shots very you know? animated these, yeah very animated and yet the band he's in is wallows which sounds familiar but then again it may just be like a great name for an indie band you know just one of those like <laughs> generic indie band names you know? <laughs> wallows wallows yeah i mean and wallows. The, the whole crowd is like isn't it hey that's ralphie from <laughs> a christmas story too i hope the other guys in wallows give him endless shit about this movie because he deserves it <laughs> like it, not even funny like not even roasting him like in a fun way that friends do like i hope like genuinely like they are angry at him about this movie sometimes <laughs> I think the what I've got from what I've gathered, Tim just hopes this movie like <laughs> follows people around for the rest of their career. It sounds yes. like it. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, like anytime if if Braden ever comes with, hey guys, I got a brand new song idea. Like, oh, um, let's see, let's look at your creative choices throughout your career. You did a Christmas story too, so we're not going to do your song. <laughs> I don't think you make good creative choices, Braden Lamasters. <laughs> I love it. uh and so but um, so that's ralphie's storyline about the car but the central storyline has more to do with the old man being cheap has more like daniel stern gets more screen time i feel like than ralphie does in this whole movie it's definitely uh on par with ralphie 
Yeah, or, or maybe it's just more developed. Is like there's there's more to do with that, and so they like constantly go back to how cheap he is. Yeah, that and and I think that part of this is like part of what's bizarre to me. Um, and I try to like reel myself in so it's not just me thinking these things. Like because I knew this movie wasn't going to be good going into it, <laughs> but it feels like an extended television episode. Like it feels <laughs> like a B plot almost. Like it doesn't feel like the way a film would intertwine several plot lines it feels like there's just an a plot and a b plot you know yeah yeah and they and they never meet yeah and and the old man's cheapness was such a right. very small part of one the fact that they latched up like i remember him he haggles over a christmas tree at one point when they go by a christmas tree and like that <laughs> that's it like that's the that's as cheap as he gets in the first one as far as i remember remember and they've like extrapolated it to like he won't spend an extra dime on anything he is suddenly the cheapest man on earth. Like, I, yeah, I think yeah. it's revealed that he he wouldn't spend three or four dollars for the turkey. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then the and the car which, he like haggles right, over the which car is, and yeah, which is also weird because he does offer when Ralphie goes outside to confront him about the car the first time around after after his big accident, it, his dad offers him a buck or two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But it's like you couldn't spend an extra buck on a turkey. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? Yeah, it's it's really really Bizarre. inconsistent, and just the fact that the old man gets his own storyline in the first place is whack. Because everything in the yeah. first one is seen through Ralphie's eyes, and in this one, like Ralphie's almost never around his dad. It's just it's just weird. The, the mm-hmm. universe doesn't revolve around I f- Ralphie. I feel like what was weird for what was weird about this movie for me, uh, and I don't want to gloss over anything you guys have notes on, but. It feels like there are like no stakes at all. Like they implement that deadline, I guess, where they're like, you have to have this amount of money by Christmas Eve. But they're like that deadline gets taken care of at the end of the second act of the movie. And then there's just like no conflict for the rest of (laughs) as soon as that problem is taken care of, like everything's good. And like the last like 20 minutes of this movie, there's like zero conflict. Um I don't know. It's just, it feels very flat to me. It's the same thing with the turkey. Like, you know, first of all, why couldn't you just get a smaller turkey? We, we don't know. Um, and then also, it's like, well, no, I'm going to go catch a fish so we have something to eat instead of turkey. Like, that's the main plot line. Like, ca- trying to catch fish <laughs> instead of eating turkey for Christmas is like the big plot line of the movie. It's like, what? Um, <laughs> yeah. Hey, wait a minute. Okay. So her, her, his wife gets him a fishing kit. For Christmas, why? So like, it's like they are spending money to do the harder thing. Yeah, just get a butterball turkey. Like, what are you I, doing? I I want to point this out. That this is just something that made me like kind of turn my head and go, wait, what? What did she say? Um, when they are at Save on Meats, uh, which is <laughs> the name of the store. Uh, Save on Meats <laughs> when you're not strong. Uh, and, uh, old man, as we know is his name, uh, turns to mom and says, uh, I'm not going to take something, uh, from this meat packer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think there is some internalized homophobia because he knows Ralphie's a bottom. (laughs) Oh my uh, my God. Did, did they actually just use the term meat packer and kind of mean it in a way that is not? An insult? Because he, he he works at a deli. He is packing meats into the case. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, holy Literally shit. Job. 
<laughs> it's just hard to say the word meat packer without a little bit of like disdain yes. in there. Mm-hmm. It's a meat packer. Yeah. Okay. And where are we jump- at with this? We, we keep jumping all over the place. Yeah. Well, no, but that's okay. That that is what I had written down. So like there, I, there is a large gap in my notes between like between my notes go from narrate. Okay, my notes go from oh fudge <laughs> to very sassy five-year-old and furnace lamp reveal wow so like there is the the middle of this film to me is is like a blur of un un like unrelated events (laughs) i mean like like in a in a in a small way it's like yes he they work jobs and then they get the money but it's literally there is like a 30 minute chunk of this movie where i just went into a fugue state because like nothing was happening (laughs) it really is like a a a non-connected series of sketches kind of like because yeah the the next thing they do is they get uh jobs at the department store which is higby's from the first one and there's a little montage there's the the joke about you know, like, so they all keep fucking up all the jobs they're supposed to do. And at one point, Schwartz is in charge of, like, spraying perfume on ladies. And he spills a bunch on, on a woman's shirt and ends up, like, feeling her up. And I, I thought at that point it, it might finally turn into the triple X porn parody that it looks like. Like, Hell that's yeah. the other way to the, that's the other way to describe this is it looks like the triple X porn parody of A Christmas Story. <laughs> that is actually a very, like, <laughs> astute op. That is, like, a for sure, if you showed somebody the trailer they would think that like the actors, the production value, it very much looks like that. Okay. Uh, what would the name of a Christmas story, triple X porn parody be? I, there's one thing in my mind and I think it needs to be said. It would obviously be a Dickmas story, right? Oh, uh, how about a, a Christmas horny? Oh, I like mm. that too. I was going to say a, a Christmas whore me. Oh, damn. Those I are all really have, good. I think we have three great titles. We can make a trilogy, <laughs> but we make them all at the same time and release them within like the same season of each other. So there's and just in, three Christmas story porn parodies. And instead of the Parkers, they're the Porkers. There's the... <laughs> oh my right. God. Okay. And then we, we get back into the <laughs> deli guy being a meat packer. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Inclusive. I guess the upsetting thing is that like, there are, there are literally like four characters in this movie that aren't family members. So <laughs> we are going to be leaning into a niche market. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to have to age them a little bit too. I think Ralphie goes to college by the time this, this gets made. Cause I think that would be for sure. Yeah. For sure. We, we don't want to go there. And the, 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 the kid is, the kid is off at camp Granada. Bingo. <laughs> yes. Um, and, and, Schwartz has a line at some point. Oh, I think they so they get put in like this uh, mailroom kind of thing where they take one form and they put it into this other tube. And Schwartz says, uh, "Being pitied is a pretty good way to go through life." Oh, maybe this is when they're walking. <laughs> but anyway, Schwartz says, "Being pitied is a pretty good way to go through life." And I'm like, "A Costanza is born to bring it back to Seinfeld." Like oh that's completely God. a George line. <laughs> yeah, that's a that is good. That's good writing. That is maybe the only good line in this film. <laughs> And it's all, I forget what George actually said about pity, but he has said before, like he wants to be, oh, pity is underrated. That's what he said. Pity is underrated, but I, I don't remember in what, uh, in what context, but we know George is a, a very good fan of, of pity. Uh, oh, it's uh, very early. Um, I've driven women to pity. Anyway, I can't find it. I, I should have looked it up earlier, but, uh, you know, Schwartz, <laughs> Schwartz is on his way to being a, a Costanza. That feels like a stronger connection to Seinfeld than the Stacey Travis connection. <laughs> But at least, almost like a thematic parallel. <laughs> at least Stacey Travis is a. Oh, I agree, and it's not the last time. There's another great moment coming up uh, that I uh, 
will bring up. But um, at least Stacey Travis has, I think, a bigger role than any, maybe not counting, of course, um, uh, what the first one saves Christmas, Morty saves Christmas or whatever it was. Um, but, you know, she's, she's in it a lot more than Jackie Childs or whoever the other person or um, uh, Mickey was in Jingle All the Way. That's very true. Yeah. And I, I think you're thinking of Murray Saves Christmas. Murray Tim. Saves Christmas. Yeah, you're right. Morty. Morty Saves Christmas. Morty That's when Jerry's Christmas. dad saves Christmas, not George's dad. Oh, I, I was thinking of the, the ill-fated, soon-to-come Rick and Morty Save Christmas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> oh, here's another weird line from... So Ralphie like has to go... I mean, um, um, I always get it mixed up. Randy has to go fishing with his dad, and the mom is like... You should you should feel honored. Ralphie didn't get to go fishing until he was past puberty, way past puberty. What parent marks time like that, especially to another kid? Like until he was way past puberty. Oh, I remember exactly when Ralphie uh, became a man physically, and that's how I mark time, and 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 that's how your father marks time too. You're not allowed to go fishing with him, uh, you know, until your dick grows. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, until uh, it was. I just remember it was back when Ralphie was going through his lotion phase that he was able to go I, fishing with Dad. I remember there was one time uh, your father just walked in on Ralphie. Uh, I don't know exactly what happened, but he immediately slammed the door and said, "That's it." We're going fishing. I don't know what happened. <laughs> yeah, it's just such a weird and time that's marker. We found out Ralphie was the bottom. <laughs> that's how we found out. Uh, and the other thing that happens yeah, in, the, in the department store is they go back to the flicks tongue on a pole bit from the first one. But the way they do it this time is yeah. he sticks his mouth for some reason. Uh, tell me what flicks fetish is. We're talking about Ralphie's a lot. He sticks his mouth. <laughs> On the the um, a pneumatic tube, and it sucks his tongue, and he gets stuck, and it sucks his tongue into the pole tube without being provoked at all. I yeah, should yeah. add, he's um, like just looks at but, it like this is gonna feel good. <laughs> but I'm just really glad that it was his tongue uh, instead of something else that I probably would have tried when I was 15. I mean, if I saw what it did to his tongue, I, I, that'd be the exact next thing I would try the second I got up. Yeah, immediately. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I had a little bit of a, <laughs> I had a little bit of Christmas spirits while I was watching this, but, uh, and I did watch this in two sittings. <laughs> Am I remembering correctly that there is like a very strange prosthetic practical effect of like yes. his mouth getting like pulled uh -huh. into the tube? Uh -huh. Yes, you remember correctly. And the See, tongue even like wiggles a little into bit a in a weird way. Cronenberg film. <laughs> yeah, it's very disturbing. And like neither Ralphie or. Uh, Schwartz even like acknowledge it they they get him out and then the boss comes in and that's it there, there's no other mention of this and like at all and his lips are totally back to normal like how funny would have been if he had like big Kardashian lips or something at that point like that would have been kind of funny <laughs> right missed opportunity yeah, the, that's what I'm saying it literally feels like vignettes or vi vignettes what I don't know how you pronounce it but it feels like unrelated it's like it's like fan service like oh they did the yeah the they did the tongue and, the and then they like rescue him and the boss walks in and then it's like and see exactly yeah it would have been <laughs> you know, like how hilarious nothing... it would have been like they they had an obvious like anytime they can go for the joke they don't like no no that's uh, that's too original that's too original but like it would have been like flick also, has these I... gigantic lips and the boss looks at him and goes well, uh, you know, like that, that would have been just a kind of actually funny. <laughs> right. Like maybe it wasn't the first time it's happened. Yeah. Like he, the boss is like, Oh, like not this again. <laughs> uh, 
wasn't the okay am i losing my mind or wasn't the first christmas story like a little bit crude like a little bit like not afraid to to walk that pg pg 13 line i don't remember anything specific but i I guess i haven't watched it with that in mind it it seems pretty clean but i don't know i mean maybe the scene where maybe maybe the scene where ralphie beats up the bully um what would maybe toe that line a little bit of just like showing like the violence and the blood um maybe i'm misremembering i feel like if you i feel like if this movie was written with more care and also walk that line a little bit more because he's like a 15 year old boy i feel like this i feel like there's like potential for this movie to not suck Mm -hmm. yeah you know but it just feels like missed opportunity at every turn yeah and then there is the whole thing with the leg lamp in the first one that like ralphie does say you know the 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 glow of electric sex in the front window or something like that so there there is a little bit of that i guess now that i'm thinking about it but yeah not barely at all is it it gets kind of glossed over as he should be besides the symbol scene and smelling a girl's hair without her consent (laughs) (laughs) interesting uh but so so they they screw that it's always worked for me he came he came the 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 manager comes in to grab them to be elves for their santa so again another revisited bit with a in a half measure like the the santa from the first one was like very scary and the cinematography is done well like the zoom in and the turn around in the camera and just the way they make that uh seem very scary oh and not not only that but also the set was this giant mountain that santa claus is sitting on in the first one and this one it's like a room and a chair and a guy with a fake beard and he's trying to be mean like that original Santa, but it's not in the same way. He's like, oh, what are you doing, you dumb kid? All right, get off. Like, it, it's it, it's not it's not even a half measure. It's like a quarter measure. It wouldn't have surprised me if he just looks at the kid and says, what do you want for Christmas, you piece of shit? Yeah. Hey, fuck you. Get out of here. You know, like, that, well, like that's as hard as they're trying. I feel like Werner Herzog because <laughs> this is obviously a reflection on how christmas and how our imagination changes as we grow into adulthood <laughs> oh i see maybe maybe we're maybe we're we're trying to see, yeah we are seeing it through we're now we're, we're seeing it through Ralphie missing the subtle, yes the subtle the thematic changes <laughs> but the reason that the, the kids I have made to be Grizzly man you know <laughs> the reason the kids have to be elves is because the elves tried to start a union which reminded me of the seinfeld episode where kramer becomes a santa and starts espousing communist <laughs> propaganda because of elaine's boyfriend <laughs> elaine's dating the communist and uh, also yeah. gave me uh feelings of a uh, jingle all the way for a moment too with the santa workshop being this kind of like fortified they were all i don't know they were like a it was like a union of santa yeah yeah that film yeah perhaps a criminal enterprise but yeah it was definitely organized santaing um <laughs> and like there, there's an elf fight and you know so schwartz and uh flick get into it and they all get fired because they, they start this fight two-thirds of the way through this movie now they introduce this weird plot line that again just like kind of spins its wheels for a little bit where mom talks about like when her sons are going to move out which is you know maybe sooner for for ralphie but not very soon for randy but do you guys remember this like little plot line for the mom popping up like uh the boys are going to be out of the house soon like what and then it never it never goes anywhere (laughs) and this is kind of like intertwined also with introducing again two-thirds of the way through the movie the dentist yeah no reason that never goes anywhere what was the point of this maybe it's well, I, I don't know the, the point of the obviously sitting at the script is obviously sitting at 70 pages <laughs> and they needed they needed something 
Yeah, because the the only reason I can see is that so Ralphie, I mean, so Randy does not have to go fishing at that time, and the dad is out there alone, and then the mom goes out there with him, and they have that fight that leads to the tackle box that we talked earlier. That's sort of the resolution of that fight, and her going, "Oh, it's okay that you yelled at me. It's it's the '40s, and I'm a woman, so <laughs> I forgot for a second, uh, which I think is how that gets resolved. <laughs> it's not too far off. Yeah, it's pretty pretty right on. Um, yeah, but that's the only but but. All they could have said was like, the old man goes like, oh, honey, aren't you bringing Ralphie? No, I'm going by myself. And that's it. You don't need to spend 10 minutes with the dentist plot line. And then this weird thing about the mom and caroling and uh, the boys leaving the house eventually. It's, it's weird. But it is padding. That's We've definitely settled on why it's there. Mm-hmm. Ralphie does go back yeah, to Higby's uh, yeah. and get his to get his job back. And, and the guy makes him a reindeer. It gives him a reindeer costume, which again is echoes of the bunny costume. Which we even revisit again later, but I feel like that's why we needed Ralphie in a funny outfit, right? Yeah, this is kind of where I tuned back in. To, <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember anything about. Yeah, this is this is when, <laughs> this is when the second the second sitting started, uh, because there's it's like bizarre. I couldn't tell if it was sped up or not, but he's he's obviously trying to beat the tempo of the bell ringer uh, with his dancing and jumping. <laughs> And it looked like maybe they had sped up the film a little bit. He's like jumping very uh, enthusiastically. And then the bell ringers bell comes apart. And he also, so his love interest is walking down the street. Uh, And I think that this is where he, in order to not get spotted, does he on purpose knock over the collector's? I don't know if it's a uh, guy. Yeah. They they like get in a little shoving match and he knocks it over, I guess. Right. Yeah. He was hiding. He was hiding behind the, the collection guy. And then the the guy like turned around, and then the shoving started. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So this is this is kind of weird and inconsistent because like he, so he he's like, I'll clean it up, I'll clean it up. So he's like he's like getting the money, and uh, some money floats away from him, and and some guy pockets it, and Ralphie, who is historically not like a very confident or uh, confrontational character. I mean, he literally <laughs> just hid from his crush in the street. <laughs> Uh, for some reason, decides to pick a fight with this man that looks like a Bruce Willis stunt double. <laughs> yeah. uh, like the guy, the guy's like the guy lets him off easy. He's like, he's like, hey, sir, that's not yours. And the guy's like, uh, okay, like whatever. Like tell <laughs> tell the collector I said thanks, and like starts to walk away. I mean, he just he was off the hook, and then he continues to pick a fight and gets uh, <laughs> he get punched in the stomach. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, but then the yeah. guy does give back the money anyway, which I thought was a weird thing to do. Like, I just want yeah. to commit a crime. I don't care if it's assault or robbery. I just want to do one today, and I'm Literally, only going to do one. Yeah, wait a minute. So, <laughs> how much was how much was a uh, five dollars in 1941? Uh, unless um, I'm off my unless up. I'm off my mark, I think it's about six hundred dollars. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> He's like, here, take it. Just, just. Uh, it would be, uh, it would be seventy-two dollars and twenty-nine cents. Damn. So, this money bags is like, not only do I not need this money, but I'm going, I'm going to so show that you do that I don't need this money that I'm going to ruin the dollar <laughs> by uh, stabbing it on the, the antlers of the reindeer costume. Yeah, I'm going to assault a teenager and then not even take the money that the fight is over. <laughs> I did think, you know what? I did think that was pretty funny too. Like that, like the whole situation is bizarre, but the, also the fact that this guy like resorted to punching what is clearly like a sixteen year old was was pretty funny. Like the guy looks jacked. Like he didn't need to do it. <laughs> I also thought it was weird that when the guys when the bell ringer's bell breaks, he he keeps doing the motion, and then he goes ring, ring. 
I'm like, all right, that, that that's too that's too surreal, even even for me. Like, there's no reason to do that. I didn't even catch that. Holy shit. Uh, um, so they, they almost have enough money. What do they have? Like $84 eventually. And $84 and 12 cents. Yeah. I couldn't help but think that like, I would have just at that point, if I was worried about, I mean, I, at that point, just knowing my, my imperfectionist, uh, streak, I would have just taken $84 and 12 cents to the guy. Yes. And I'm like, surely you can accept this yeah, you know yeah surely there's a good down payment at least and i can you know give you the rest of right. the money later but no they they need that extra dollar and and schwartz has a lucky dollar and in order to get a lucky dollar which by the way has a keychain on it and therefore cannot be legal tender uh, no. i think <laughs> absolutely not um in order to get this lucky dollar from him they take his pants off now the dollar is not in his pants it's in his hand but Schwartz's pants still come <laughs> off in the confrontation. That, yeah, the, <laughs> that was weird. They they wrestled him to the ground, and the only thing that changed was that his pants were gone. All I mean, while, I, I think Randy is coming into the bedroom as well, right? So he sees his older brother and his older brother's best friends wrestling on the ground, and one of their pairs of pants are, are off, right? Yeah, yes. There's clothes, like, flying yeah. into the air. yeah. It's like a very like cartoonish kind of thing, but the paint. You're right. The pants are the only thing that are <laughs> visually missing when they when they reveal. Yeah, the the second time that a, a a teenage boy has been pantsless because a uh, uh, Ralphie ends up that way after wrecking the car, and so it, there's just a weird pantsless teenage boy thread going through this movie that's that's troubling all of a sudden. It's like Brian Singer directed this. <laughs> it thing. might be. I Hey-o! think it's a pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they, but that was that was also weird. They question him about the the way they question him about the dollars is very funny. He almost gets away with it about how he's he pretends like he's had it his whole life, and then he's like, "Well, I got it on the second night of Hanukkah a couple days ago, or something like that." Yeah, I bet last you, Tuesday. Or something <laughs> I bet like if you instead. I bet if you looked up Christmas Eve, nineteen forty five, or whatever, you'd find that Hanukkah was not going on at the same. Every so often, it does coincide, I think, but I'm willing to bet that that Hanukkah and and Christmas did not. You know, well, I mean, I'm just gonna up. guess. <laughs> yeah, when I will take the I will take the opposite bet. I will just say for just for shits and gigs, I will say that Hanukkah was in fact happening during Christmas. Day. Is this 1945? Um, oh, oh, holy shit! This is awful. Um, so I just googled Christmas Eve 1945. Yeah, and the thing that comes up is the Sauter children disappearance. Who? I don't know. On Christmas Eve, December 24th, 1945, a fire destroyed the Sauter home in Fayetteville, West Virginia, United States. At the time, it was occupied by George Sauter, his wife, Jenny, and nine of their ten children. During the fire, George, Jenny, and four of the nine children escaped. But we don't know where they are. I don't know where they're at. Uh, I'm guessing this fire killed five children on Christmas Eve. Yeesh. Um, well, this is immediately more fascinating than anything that's happened in this movie. <laughs> okay, let me add to the Google search. What day of the week was Christmas night? Christmas Eve, nineteen forty-five. All right. While you find um, that, I can tell you, Chris, uh, uh, Hanukkah in nineteen forty-five was very early. The first night of Hanukkah was the 29th of November. Wow. wow. Yeah. Okay. So well, Christmas no Eve, nineteen forty-five, was on a Monday. So I mean, you can. They didn't even. They... 
They didn't even try. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> they could have Googled. Come on. And please, they definitely could have added in something about the it- solder children disappearance, even though it was happening that <laughs> night. Come on. I was going to say the writers Googled this and they got, they immediately got sucked into the solder case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They forgot what they were, the rest of the movie. Forgot what they were doing. <laughs> what were we looking up? I don't know. It doesn't matter. No one, no one's going to do a podcast about this in eight years. And then like really, <laughs> really dissect what we were doing. Let me go back to, I got to go perfect my Gene Shepard impression. I can't spend all night on this screenplay. Jeez. <laughs> and scene. Um, so Ralphie decides, Ralphie decides to, uh, he gives this, like uh, the narrator, I guess, says something about, I, I'm sorry, this, this is all a blur to me. Um, <laughs> how he, he basically decides to spend uh, like half of the money on Christmas gifts for his family. No, right. I think it's so he so earlier when, when with the asshole Santa, uh, the like a little beggar child sits on Santa's lap and asks for a tire. And Santa's like, what are you, a dumb fucking idiot? You want a tire? You dumb piece of shit. Get out of here. Uh, I think something like that. I'm paraphrasing. Um, but then Ralphie walking by an alley later sees the little beggar child's family and they have a truck that I guess is maybe some kind of work truck that needs a new tire and they're, they're living in the alley in the truck. And, and then, so he sees that there's his family in need. So while he's walking with his $85 first, he doesn't even acknowledge it, but in a, I'm guessing some kind of a pawn shop window, a leg lamp is lit up as he walks by. Yeah, he just walks right by it. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but it can't be the same one because that one of course is the, the, the original leg lamp is ruined and, and thrown out in the, the first movie. But, um, so then he sees the people in the um, in the alley, and he buys a new tire for them, and he buys them a, a dinner at the only restaurant that we know is open on Christmas Eve in their small town, wherever it is, which is the the, the Chinese restaurant from the first movie. Chinese so yet yeah, yet another did, um, revisit. Did he also buy them a new tire? I didn't catch that. I only saw that he bought them the bought them the dinner. Later on, when he says, when he wonders, when when um, the car guy wonders why he only has whatever forty seven dollars or something, he's like, that, "That family really needed that tire, and I thought we were going to get all the car, but they all ordered the family meal and and stuff like that." So he does mention they really needed that tire, uh, quote unquote. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So then, how how did he get the money for the gifts for his family? That I do not know. The the only gift that we really uh, that I really assumed he got was the leg lamp. Is that right? That's what I think. I, I think everything else was bought by uh, mom and dad. Or ex- yeah, excuse me, just... mom and old man. <laughs> old man opens up his fishing kit. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, we, his brother we do see multiple times. We do see multiple times that mom has a stash of cash from mm-hmm. like fishing stuff out of pockets. Yeah, doing the laundry. Yes. Yeah, she's keep she's kept it. Yeah. Well, I think I just did not pay attention to this movie very well because I definitely thought here's here's this is this was probably just me then. I took this note. Um, I was clearly not paying attention because he leaves a string uh, or like a a Christmas morning. Yeah. Wrapping a ribbon kind of to lead his dad to the basement. Mm -hmm. And in my head, I was like, oh, his dad's been struggling with this furnace the whole movie yeah i was like maybe and then i was like maybe he got him like a new furnace which does ha- i think in the movie he gets a new furnace at some point mm-hmm. right yeah yes yeah, so he and, finds and, yeah, like so my brain- where, he yeah he won't buy a new one but he goes to like houses that are being remodeled <laughs> and he asks for the old furnaces there and they get an oilman and they, it, 
again that also that that plot line also kind of sputters out because like yeah we got it and it worked it's like oh okay yeah great yeah well, at, at this point, too, he had already gotten the uh, I, I believe it was an, an oil matic uh, oh, okay. So so that was already that, that was already like in the house. Um, but I, I guess like at this point, like, OK, did you buy him a, a brand new furnace? Because that, that seems like it would uh, kind of be treading water. Yeah. Well, they keep talking about like three or four times it's mentioned to the old man that he should get a forced air system like oh you should get one of those new forced air systems like oh they're building to this and he's going to get one of those new you know forced air <laughs> systems and, <laughs> and no that's not but i mean with when we now that we know how much 85 bucks is i mean ralphie probably could have scored right uh, a pretty nice furnace for that whatever he had i guess that's what i so maybe i'm not totally crazy i mean obviously not paying attention to the movie didn't help but when he leads him to the basement i really thought the reveal was going to be like this new furnace that the family that has been this <laughs> plot point that keeps reappearing throughout the film. Yeah. Or maybe the mom, uh, but instead it is right. Something it's like, maybe they all went in on it or something. I, I could buy that. Uh, but there is like no reward to anything that happens in this movie. There's no like build up or reveal to anything that ever happened. And instead it is just a, a leg lamp appearance that is like, it's like it's supposed to be this big moment, but like, it's only a big moment if you, this is maybe I'm projecting uh, because I haven't seen the first one recently, like I said, but it's like only a big moment for you. If you like know and love the first one, like it is purely fan service. There's no, like there's nothing in the movie that would give you any kind of emotional investment to, to anybody's connection to this leg lamp. Yeah. If anything, the cameo you know, in the window like, was here. enough. The cameo in the window was enough. Like, Oh, look at that. Right. That's funny. <laughs> right. Like a little wink. But this is like, the old man hasn't yeah. mentioned if he had mentioned like, uh, well, the best Christmas ever was, of course, when I got that leg lamp, when I won the, the contest, for <laughs> life has never right. been as good as that. Like, raise the stakes a little. <laughs> yeah. Like Jeez. if um, if seeing the leg lamp in the window was a wink, this is punching you in the face and then taking <laughs> all of your money. Yeah. The, the old man has not expressed yeah. a desire to see this leg lamp ever again. But, you know, but but there it is. And we're supposed to be you know, amazed at this moment. It like is the, 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 the climax of the movie almost. Well, it is for the old man. I mean, we're about to finish up Ralphie's storyline, but before that, let me go back uh, a second to, well, first of all, as far as the leg lamp, when I saw it, I was like, that looks all wrong. The shade looks all wrong. Again, it looks like a, it looks like the Kirkland brand leg lamp. Like, Oh, by the, you know, if you went to like, or like wish when you order the leg lamp on wish, like this is what shows up. <laughs> AliExpress. It's like they, it's like they went to, they bought, for this film, it's like they bought a licensed Christmas story, like <laughs> yeah. lamp prop replica type thing that is clearly not the, the correct product. Exactly. And then, so the mom, I guess, takes some of her stash of cash and she buys a fish for dinner and passes it off to the kids as the fact that the dad caught it. Ralphie mentioned earlier that he was out there for hours. Ralphie goes out and talks to his dad and, and it's supposed to, like it peps him up to to get this resolve to get the 85 bucks um, and he's out there for hours and he never caught a thing and he's like I'm glad I, I didn't find out that was a lie until years later or something like that and then when the mom comes out with the fish like we already know it's bullshit like it was such a weird place to put <laughs> that he should have said like you know it's that that reveal should have been saved at like well we didn't find out till years later mom got that at the store it, it's just it, mm -hmm, it's, right. again another weird like, yeah it's 
Some some deceptions aren't worth giving away. <laughs> some deceptions aren't worth giving away. It was like a really weird. <laughs> yeah, and then and then the mom, and then did you see like the mom is like pretending to cut the fish, like they won't cut away, but she like has to do something with her hands, and so she's like just like <laughs> she's like placing the knife. She's like placing the knife on the fish in different places and not using any pressure whatsoever. It's hilarious. I did not notice this, but I'm going to. This is the only thing you could have said that is that would make me put this back in my Blu-ray player. I have to rewatch this. It is so worth it. Yeah, it's it's amazing. I forget what there's a great subreddit for stuff like that. Maybe I should post it and get some of that sweet karma before the downvoter gets to me. But it's like ex- extras in the background doing stuff that looks so unnatural. Now I can't remember what. And it all comes back to this this uh, Bond movie where you can see a guy who's sweeping this dock, but the broom <laughs> is not making contact with the ground. And I think this I think the story was the director told him like, all right, you, and you like pretend like you're sweeping. So the guy is like pretending like he's sweeping, but he like he should have been actually sweeping. Right, like, not actually. <laughs> that's so. This sounds like right up my alley. I gotta, I gotta find this. Yeah, once I once I stumble so funny. upon that, I'll you know I'll share it somehow through through the no hugging Twitter. But I'll I'll let you know, Aaron, what it what it is. It's like extras in the background just doing dumb so shit. This I will say I will relent and say that this is the this this part of the film did make me smile. They have Ralphie. Uh, they say, well, there's the whole thing with the sailor suit, which is like, yeah, another again, know. yeah. We, I don't know if you guys have notes about that. No, the Aunt Clara bit comes back, like she sends something that they're like, right. oh, Ralphie, she got you this, but it's actually for Randy, and yeah, completely unnecessary. Right, and they so they they go in to take a picture, and they have Ralphie get closer and closer to the tree, and he keeps telling him get in closer, get in closer, until he's like right up against it, and then the car keys are hung on the uh, tree as an ornament, and as syrupy as this was, it got a smile out of me. Wow. <laughs> this this moment got a smile out of me. It made me feel nice and warm and fuzzy. Uh, it is also worth mentioning and kind of funny that he says uh, when he when he goes to the car guy and gives him his money, the car guy goes, well, I just sold that car to a sucker anyways. <laughs> like you wouldn't even. And it ends up obviously being his, his family. Um, but he gets the car and uh, in pure excitement out of getting a get this car that he finally wanted he drops to the snow and he does the three stooges uh running a circle (laughs) running in a circle on the ground (laughs) kind of of bizarre yeah yeah and it the so this car i looked up the 1939 mercury 8 knew it was a thousand dollars which as we know is like a shit ton of money in in 1939 um hang on i'll look it up one all right, yeah. Let, let me know what it was in in nineteen thirty nine thousand dollars. But that was new. So he mentions this car has a third one hundred thirty two thousand miles on it already in, in six years, and um and and is like all broke down and busted and stuff like that. But it looks certainly looks beautiful. Like I can't I can't believe how well this car has been taken care of for having one hundred thirty two thousand miles on it. One thousand dollars in nineteen forty five is equivalent in purchasing power to about fourteen thousand dollars. Four or $14,457 and 17 cents. What about in 1939? No, no, no. What what about in in, in, in 1939? This car was new a thousand dollars. Well, I'm just saying like a thousand dollars would be that much today. 
Oh, okay. Well, I'm sure the old man didn't pay new price for a, a 1939 car with 132,000 miles on it. Maybe he got mm. it, you know, maybe it was like 500 or something like that. But still, 500 is a couple thousand, you know, a few a few thousand dollars, $7,000 yeah, or whatever. So, yeah, they... And That's so, so... Yeah. This is, this does not track with his character, with his record of <laughs> yeah. not wanting to buy a turkey. With, with his newly uh, established character traits. Yeah, and it's and my and, parents. Yeah. I love my parents dearly, but my parents gave me maybe like a grand to help with the car, which is very nice of them. They didn't have to do that, but it is crazy to think of this family giving away even a seven thousand dollar gift when yes. they are clearly in need of a furnace and, and all of these <laughs> things that they need taken care of. Yeah, dental work. <laughs> pay for dental that. Work. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, yeah, that does seem. It seems really. So he's not just he's he's not just cheap. I guess he's he's frugal because he's like squirreling away thousands of dollars every, and he could just drop this no problem uh, on on a brand new car. Um, but so Ralphie is like waxing it down, and Drusilla, who I wrote at this point, I completely forgot that she was a thing. Uh, yeah. Drusilla shows up. <laughs> How could you forget her character? She's so well developed. <laughs> and she she mentions that she got Ralphie's address from Laplace. What is that? No, she she got it from the Flicks. Oh, I I sounded like first it sounded like the I got your address from the place. I was like, oh, I guess I just forgot to. <laughs> I guess I forgot to write that part of the script. Like, oh, well, line, like make something up. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll fill that back in later. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get to that before we actually film. ADR. But okay, they, they filmed the scene. The they filmed the scene, and the director's just like, ah, shit. Like, damn it, we should have put well, a highlight it's already, there. It's already filmed. We can't do it again. Yeah, we don't have the budget Gene for more. Shepherd is rolling in his grave. <laughs> it's at that point I started rolling in my grave. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, okay. Cause, and then I was like, well, I was like, who is Laplace? I was like, and then I looked through the character list for anybody with the last name Laplace. I was like, I cannot figure out what Drusilla is saying in this. She was like, his mom and my mom work at the hospital together. I was like, who is Laplace? All right. Thank goodness that's been solved. Uh, and then like, so once again, Ra- Ralphie, you know, doesn't use the parking brake in the car and it starts rolling. And that's when Drusilla shows up and helps him to make sure it doesn't roll out of his driveway. Um, and, and she's the only person in the movie that knows that you're supposed to put a car in gear when you park it. Uh, not even the guy who sells cars knows that. But then he asked, <laughs> he like kind of, I, I guess I understand this, but maybe I don't. So it's it's Ralphie's car, right? Or is it a, is it a second family car or did they get rid of the first car? It really isn't well, specified to me I, enough. I, I think it's Ralph's car. But the thing is, he's not 16 yet. He doesn't have his license. Oh, right, and, and they right. do talk about a second family car. Uh, there is a scene in the movie where they talk about getting a second family car. Yeah, like an hour and a half before this moment. Like that's the other thing about this. Like the B- right. the BB gun, <laughs> the BB the BB gun comes up over and over and over again. Like it's never even like, and the old man drops hints like you know, kind of throughout like about the the BB gun. I feel like um, and. Like, for instance, when, when Ralphie's like, oh, yeah, you know, I don't know what I'm going to get for, for Christmas. And, and the old man's like, oh, Santa knows. He always knows. You know, because we know that, that the old man's going to get the BB gun at the end of the movie. But it's like, again, there's no stakes. Ralphie brings it up and almost seemingly gives it up an hour and a half before this reveal. And then it's like, oh, I did get I totally forgot I wanted this. You know, it's like it never comes up again <laughs> that, it, that the car is even going to be an option for him. Yeah. 
but but so that's why I was confused Strange. though why he had to ask his old man if he could take the car out. But now that you guys paid more attention than I did. <laughs> <laughs> And then this movie is impossible. I challenge anyone to sit through this hour and forty minute uh, masterpiece without <laughs> without your attention flailing for a little bit. And then it, the movie does end though in the a true Costanza move. Just because it is a convertible, Ralphie puts the top down in the at the end of December. It's you know it's it's conceivably Christmas Day <laughs> or something, and he drives Drusilla in the convertible just like George did when he got. John Voight's LeBaron, and it was a convertible, and he drove with the top down, even though it was uh, winter. So how fitting. There's uh, The dad has all these these sayings during the movie that they point out that are <laughs> clearly not attributed to him. Like, they're, they're <laughs> things everyone knows. They're like, there's like, my dad always said, lightning never strikes twice. And it's like, oh, <laughs> everyone else is dad too, buddy. Uh, but he, <laughs> the dad does this weird little, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just reading this too much. He gets Drusilla in the car and the dad does this weird little horn dog thing where he's like, take it or take her around the block. And, uh, and then there, the narrator is like that Christmas I unwrapped. It was like, it was something about how he unwrapped. Uh, let me see that, that year I got to pull the wrapping off of the Christmas of my dreams. Oh, uh, boy. <laughs> It's kind of weird. I think that bizarre. was a reference to, he was like, you know, talking about that Christmas, I got to unwrap, when he's talking about the BB gun, he was like, I thought I thought that it that would be the best Christmas ever. He was, and he was like, it was until this year, something like that is how it ends. So I think that was one last reference to the, the BB gun, which I think also um, is supposed to be hanging on Ralphie's wall in his room. There is a rifle hanging on the wall in Ralphie's room, but it looks nothing like the Red Rider BB gun from the movie. <laughs> Again, like if that was supposed to be a wink, they missed it. Yeah, I, I want to point out. I don't know if you guys noticed this. Not once did they ever say the name or words "Red Rider BB Gun." In what do you mean? In, in a Christmas story or in this movie? In this movie, not once did they ever mention Red Rider BB Gun by name. So the one Th- thing this that scene here, the f- this scene here, was the closest they got. And he said. Five years ago, I got everything I wanted for Christmas. That's that's as m- close as we get to him mentioning Red Rider BB gun. So the one reference that we really needed, we don't get. We just yes. get all the like secondary and tertiary jokes from the first one revisited, yes. and not <laughs> the actual plot of the first one. Well, that just I, they, I didn't were, notice that. Maybe they thought that was too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> oh, show some restraint. Come on. Every everything else is totally fine. <laughs> Well, I think the key to innovative filmmaking is clearly <laughs> using subversion to pull the audience in one direction. My expectations were subverted. You're right. Uh, well, we and then it, it ends. Mercifully, it ends Thanks, an hour and 40 minutes later. Uh, about, about, a half hour, about a half hour later than it should have. Hey, once again this week, No Hugging, No Learning is being brought to you by Free Lunch Coffee. Yeah, a couple of weeks now, we have been uh, honored to tell you about Free Lunch Coffee. They're on a mission to end hunger from the lives of young children. And we we got to mention, Free Lunch Coffee sent us some coffee to try. And I, I wouldn't feel comfortable saying uh, that this is good coffee if it's not good coffee. So spoiler alert, it's really good coffee. Yeah, I, I love it. I mean, it, it gets me going in the morning when I'm waking up early and uh, just got a great flavor. 
Yeah, my wife used to be a barista, so I, I I had her help as well to kind of put this into words and help me describe like what this tastes like and just like how it hits you. She says it, it's full bodied. It hits you in the back of the tongue, which is which is a thing for baristas because um, different coffees hit you in different areas of your tongue and your, your mouth in general. Um, but it, it's full of flavor. It, it's just so good. Everyone knows the back of the tongue is the best. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) Here's the best thing about free lunch coffee. When you buy a bag of free lunch coffee, you're providing 10 meals to children in need. And free lunch coffee gives away 50% of the money they make to end hunger in the lives of young children. Yeah, and this could be this could be a great Christmas gift. Uh, You just have to order it soon. You might get it a little after Christmas. But then again, with the Postal Service, you're probably getting a lot of your packages after Christmas this year. So you can still order it for your friends and family because everyone's still in the spirit of giving, you know? Um, you just hit the link in our bio and you go to freelunchcoffee.com. And if you use the coupon code LEARNING at checkout, you'll get 10% off. Yeah, that's awesome. And they offer a 100% money back guarantee for 30 days. So if you don't love their coffee for some reason, uh, we think you're going to, they will give you a free refund and you can keep the coffee too. So there's nothing to lose. And one of the reasons it tastes so great is free lunch coffee is specialty grade, certified organic and fair trade. I'm glad you brought that up. I actually forgot about that. Again, (laughs) I hit link in our bio, link in our bio. Am I talking about something on Instagram? No. Link in the description. Uh, it's freelunchcoffee.com. Again, use the coupon code LEARNING at checkout and save 10% off. This movie is just like a movie that happened to me. Like, uh, I feel like this is a film that I would never choose to actively watch again. But if it was on TV, it's something that I might not change the channel if I was also playing Switch or something. It's something that you should like put on when your family is home and just wait until they realize that it's not a Christmas story. Yeah, yeah. Tell them it's really good yeah. and like your feelings will be hurt if they don't like it. <laughs> yeah, make them suffer and then it'll follow them around just like it does Nate Malden and Braden Lamasters and us. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm. So, I, I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I saw this movie. That's all I can say. Yeah, I. Shutter. I can't say I am at all better off for having watched <laughs> a Christmas story too. Well, I just wish it was longer. <laughs> um, Shutter, the the horror movie subscription service, has a docu series called Cursed Films about uh, these movies like The Omen and Poltergeist, where it's like after the movie or during filming, there was like accidents on set and stuff. Um, or like things that happen afterwards. And I truly can't believe that this isn't one of them. Like, I can't believe that this feels like a movie that was designed to, it is so actively just like not rewarding for anyone ever to watch that something you would think that like nature or an act of God would have stopped it from, from hitting completion, but it does exist. I can't believe Daniel. And all you got to do is subscribe to AMC Plus. Yeah, get AMC Plus. Um, I like so I I found uh, this is the review was on the Wikipedia page and I think sums it up perfectly uh, from Blu-ray.com. Shamelessly derivative and plasticized, A Christmas Story Two will only have you wondering why you're not watching the original picture again. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that summed it up. Plasticized is a very very good word. Yeah, yeah. Everything's so like. Well, I'm sorry, guys. It's weird, like, because everything's supposed to be older than it was in the first one, 
but it looks newer. You know, like they bought all the, they got all these props and stuff from the 1940s, but they all look, they don't look aged, I guess is what I'm, I'm trying to say. Everything just right. looks so new and right. shiny. It does. It has a weird, like, uh, this is almost what I was getting at with like the PBS production quality. It's got like almost like a stage production quality to it or something. Yeah. Like yeah. there is no, like a like, teleplay less instead of like a, a movie. Film. We're coming back. Right. It's coming back to a Christmas yeah. story, the musical. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, don't let's not get ahead of ourselves. I don't want to spoil next year's Christmas <laughs> oh, special. Fuck. Uh, oh man, it's probably better than this. <laughs> it's almost definitely better than this. Gotta be. No, ne- next year we're gonna watch uh, the Grinch musical. Oh boy, I heard that. I could only sit <laughs> through like that? two seconds of that before I was like, nope. <laughs> is this a is this like a Twitter phenomenon? Because I think I saw a picture of the Grinch. Uh, it it was uh, it was this Twitter. year. It was on NBC. It was one of their new live musicals. Um, but it had a uh, the coach, I think the the principal, one of the teachers from Glee playing the, the Grinch. Dude. Yeah, and, the main, yeah, the and, main and dude, Matthew Morrison. Mainly, like, the thing that's carried on, like, onto Twitter is for some reason, he played the Grinch as being super horny. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I gotta, I gotta do some research into this one. That's great. Well, I think it's, uh, I mean, uh, given, given the nature of the musical, it is on Peacock. Oh, yeah. Wow, another prestige uh streaming service <laughs> i hey did you guys uh, the grinch was also trending on twitter a while ago i know this is kind of not what the show's about but uh do, have you guys seen the jim carrey version of of the grinch i have the, not actually the ron Howard oh yeah director? oh yeah there's a moment that i forgot as a child or or internalized or something uh that somebody posted on twitter about recently where he says she says uh it's him on the sleigh with cindy lou who and they're like they're like cascading down a mountain and she says something like are you still kicking or something like that because he like falls over (laughs) and he says he says are you kidding me the sun's up and the powder's bitching oh yeah that's right (laughs) (laughs) which is crazy like a crazy thing for for someone to say in a a children's like how did like this movie came out when I was like nine or ten, how was I not walking around saying the sun's yeah. out and the powder's bitching? <laughs> right? Yeah, I don't know. I that's yeah, bizarre. I don't know. Um, as long as Peacock it's got brought up, uh, I got to ask you guys how psyched you are for AP Bio season four. I mean, it was just announced uh, last week. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Wait, Tim, are you the person that keeps faving all my tweets from the AP Bio fan stan account? Uh, <laughs> on twitter that's me <laughs> putting you on blast <laughs> i have i'll be honest i have heard great things about ap bio i have not watched ap bio it, it was it's it's amazing um, and i don't think i want to i don't think i want peacock yeah probably you probably don't need it i just get it because i have xfinity and so um i don't know how much of it it may not even be behind the paywall because i know most of some of peacock's free and then like it's five bucks with ads like hulu or it's nine bucks or whatever without ads but um I get the ad free or I get the ad version. I mean, but I mean, season three was awesome. So I'm, I'm psyched that the gang's going to be back from AP bio. My Christmas journey, uh, is I just got HBO, HBO max. Roku, finally. Nice. Which Ted actually messaged me about. It was like a big deal. Yeah. Uh, because I refused to get HBO max to like watch things on my computer. <laughs> and, uh, so I finally got it for Roku and I have never watched the Sopranos before. And I've been waiting to make my way through this prestige television show for so long. 
So I'm going to try to binge because it's only like six seasons, I think. I'm going to try to binge The Sopranos during the holidays. Oh, damn. Nice. That's my project. It's going to be great. Ted, what are you watching? Uh, I mean, unfortunately, Christmas Story 2. Um, <laughs> I I just recently watched, uh, and I, I had heard that this was good, but then uh, one of our friends said that he didn't enjoy it. So I kind of went into it with a, a little bit of like tepid, tepid, tempered? expectations tempered? is it is it tempered uh, i tempered expectations uh auntie donna's big old house of fun on netflix i i finished up and it was it was a lot of fun i liked it it's very um very comedy bang bang-esque uh mixed with uh, i think you should leave i saw the first episode yeah, and that's I, on my list i need to i loved it the first episode i was just uh, just dying in laughter <laughs> I gotta, I gotta check it out. I love, I think you should leave. I love comedy bang bang. So that sounds right up my alley. I have seen a few sketches, like a few individual parts and it looked good. So that, that speaking though, I do that, that being said, I do need to, uh, you know, I have to watch all of this stuff when the family in this house is asleep. So <laughs> yeah. it is difficult for me to, to binge watch series. I've kind of work on a nocturnal schedule. I appreciate you guys recording with me at two thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, mostly the same with me, which is why I have not seen any of this season of The Mandalorian, uh, unfortunately. But um, I got to ask. Yeah, n- neither, neither have we. I, I literally yeah. just muted every like Mandalorian keyword I could think of on Twitter. Like, I, I, I got to pull this up. I don't know if you saw me tweet this yesterday, but I muted uh, Mandalorian, Mando, Baby Groot, Grogu, Disney, Disney Plus, and uh, <laughs> Finale. Because I don't want to see anything. Yeah, if, even if I saw finale, it, um, spoiler right now would be so out of context that I'll forget by the time it, it, I actually <laughs> like, see I, episode 12. I, I did end up getting a spoiler for the finale. I don't know what happens, but there is a wrestler who is in this season of The Mandalorian. Her name is Sasha Banks, um, but she's billed in the show as her real name, uh, Mercedes Varnado, I believe is her last name. And her wrestling name was trending yesterday. So I'm like, oh, what's oh. what's going on? And I click on it. And then I see the first tweet is Mandalorian spoilers. And I'm like, son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Punching holes in the drywall. <laughs> I, uh, I have only seen the first episode of The Mandalorian. Wow. wow. I, I, I wouldn't be able to stop after that. And I'm a big Star Wars fan, too. Um, I think I have I do have a trouble like scheduling binge watching time mm-hmm. with my significant other. It's it's like any time that I'm in the mood to watch several episodes of a series, it seems like we are on opposite wavelengths yeah. and vice versa. Like anytime she wants to keep going, I'm like, I don't want to watch any more of this. Well, I, I think, um, so I, just I think both you guys would more. really like it. Yeah. The first episode was cool. Uh, it's got my boy Werner Herzog in it. <laughs> and, uh, Bring me the child, which is interesting. Yeah, the show me as a child. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. I thought it was good. I like Star. I'm a big Star Wars fan, even though the last movie was a little bit bunk. It was still a lot of fun. So I, I am sure that I would love the Mandalorian. All right, I, I think it's time for us to bring this flying turd to a to a to a standstill. Yeah, there's probably lots of. Well, uh, Tim, if you could just send me your new, if you could just send me your new address, I'll just. Oh like, yeah, maybe... come on over. It's just right down the the. Anyway, yeah, we'll we'll work it out. Okay, I don't have much. I, I literally own three Blu-rays, so I don't <laughs> I don't it. have a lot of stuff that I need to move in or anything. 
a closet space would do. Well, I can't wait to see where you roost. But I, I, speaking of which, I haven't, I haven't had access to the news lately. Is there anything crazy going on right now that I should know <laughs> nope, about? Nothing at all. No, nothing at all happened this year. It was totally normal, and uh, everyone is still alive. Yep. Okay. Weird. We all did. Right. Well, sounds okay. Like, hey, good. Good enough for me. <laughs> good time to come out of the closet, <laughs> wherever you are. The downvoter is logging off. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Well, I guess we better lock up uh, No Hugging, No Learning World Headquarters too, Ted, for another year. Let's do it. <laughs> at, at least in, until next year. Yes. Or 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 next Sunday. Right. <laughs> who's, who's to say which which could come first? Should I say is that it? Still? The downvoter has logged back on. <laughs> the downvoter logged on. Oh my god. Uh, oh, and he's shit. gone. Uh, or is he still? I don't know where he is. I, I, th- I think uh, downvoter has logged off. <laughs> the downvoter was listening the whole time to see if he talked shit when he logged off. <laughs> <laughs> he's back on. <laughs> uh, follow follow at Booksnadel on Twitter. M o o k z a d e l l for all your downvoter hot takes and needs. Aaron, I'm pretty sure the downvoter. I'm, I'm pretty sure you have had a different Twitter handle and something different <laughs> entirely to plug at the end of every single episode that you have been on. So I, I, I guess just go ahead and plug it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I got suspended from Twitter twice <laughs> for changing my my. I forgot that it happened the first time. I changed my user, which is, this is bizarre. I changed my username to chronic shame disorder <laughs> and uh, got suspended for that. And I don't know why. Weird. Um, so I, yeah, uh, at Muxadel on Twitter, M-O-O-K-Z-A-D-E-L-L. And I think the only thing of, of note that's worth plugging right now, um, actually, I do have two things. I've uh, Crooner put out their debut album this year. That's the band that I'm in in Erie. Um and so you can find that on my Twitter. Um, I also just launched a uh, production studio and media company um, called Lomo Media, L-O-M-O Media. And we have a bunch of stuff planned for 2021. We're going to be filming some sketches. Um, we're going to be doing a sketch creation podcast. Um, we're doing film discussions, a bunch of different stuff. There's like game streams that I'm not involved with because I don't play video games. Um but there's all kinds of fun stuff there. So if you go to my Twitter, you can find all that stuff. Awesome. Thank you for Sweet. the plug. And Crooner is opening for Wallows uh, next year, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy because you would you would not believe the amount of like stands that um, A Christmas Story 2 has. Like this fan base is just ravenous. And I don't think anyone has ever listened to Wallows intentionally, but uh, they definitely have listened to wallows accidentally because they love a christmas story too so much so we were able to hop on that we're the only we're the only people that have talked about this movie since it was released in 2012 so uh yeah they, they were appreciative of the support yeah i mean i mean brayden lamasters can't make it through a show without someone ripping his pants off it's just kind of like his thing you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man i just wish the other band members were flicking shorts that would be uh, that would truly make it. do we you know, know for a fact that they're not I know. We don't. And if we don't fact check it, it's almost like Schrodinger's cat. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. And and now I'm actually a Wallows fan. Now I actually like them. <laughs> now that that's headcanon. Oh, God. Oh, okay, Tim, take us out. Yeah. All right. Is that it? I think that's it. All right. For No Hugging, No Learning, I'm Tim Murphy. I'm Ted Hollowell. Downvoter, are you there? I'm the downvoter. Downvoter. <laughs>
<laughs> Jesus I This is the downhill. Okay. I am logging off. <laughs> uh, uh, happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Be good. Thank you.